whistleblower report exposing lies, deceptions, and all that has assaulted our way of life. We must take back our freedom and live as God designed in a free America that honors our Constitution and our Creator. Our experts in medicine, ministry, law, military, environment, and education empower us to grow together as a nation. such a time as this, the Whistleblower Report offers truth and solutions. Welcome to the Whistleblower Report. This is Dr. Lee for America, and this is the Intelligence Report with my guest, Ed Hoagland, who is a retired federal senior executive and U.S. Air Force veteran with over four decades of service, including as senior leader in the intelligence community and Department of Defense, Homeland Security, Energy, and Department of State. He served as the senior advisor to several intelligence community agency heads and the assistant inspector general for inspections for the intelligence community, the chairman of the CIA's strategic planning, and was a deputy team leader for the INF on-site nuclear arms inspections in the former Soviet Union. He is an award-winning CIA intelligence analyst, and his four decades of of experience in all of this at the highest levels of our government inform his analysis and solutions for the existential threat to world freedom that is unfolding at warp speed, actually, right in front of us every day. And this is the existential threat to individual life, liberty, and our freedom on all fronts. And he describes in more detail in The Cognitive War why we are losing and how we can win. And I I welcome him back to the Whistleblower Report. Today, we did a report a couple of weeks ago, but as all of you listening know all too well, the situation has just escalated dramatically since October 7th, 2023, on the Sabbath in Israel, Hamas unleashed a vicious attack on innocent Israeli communities, killing women, children, the elderly, and taking hostages who were then tortured, raped, murdered, and their bodies desecrated. This was the 50th anniversary of the beginning of the 1973 Six Days War that also occurred on the Jewish Sabbath, October 6, 1973. And that is also the religious holiday of Sukkot or the Feast of Tabernacles, which is a time that Christians and Jews celebrate the connection between God and his people. So it makes the terrorist attack even more symbolic of what I have been calling for years, and especially during COVID, a major cataclysmic battle between the forces of good and evil. 
And then there's the truly additional evil aspect of all of this, because under the Biden administration, we know that $6 billion was released to Iran right shortly before the attack on Israel. And I don't think anyone in their right mind with any common sense has any illusions about the fact that Iran would immediately release those funds to support terrorism. They've been doing that my whole adult life. And I, it's, it's been, it is staggering to think about the con- consequences of that release of money. But in addition to that, there was money released to the Palestinian Authority and under the Obama administration, of course, the negotiation of the Iran deal, which sent more money to Iran. And we have over $80 billion worth of highly sophisticated military equipment abandoned by the Biden administration in Afghanistan in the disastrous withdrawal from that that left 13 Marines dead and abandoned by our government. And let me tell you, America, those weapons that were left in Afghanistan are already showing up in the hands of Hamas and being used against Israel. But there's a more chilling scenario right here in the state of Arizona. Retired military veterans living close to the U.S. border with Mexico have taken photos of weapons sent to Ukraine that are heavy-duty military-grade weapons, including shoulder-fired missiles and other heavy armament that is in the hands of the Mexican cartels just across the Arizona-U.S.-Mexico border. It is a very chilling scenario. And that has been going on actually here in Arizona for many years under the Obama administration from 2009 to 2016. I'm very aware of that from work with the Border Patrol then looking at the diseases coming across the border, and the situation is exponentially worse. It's not surprising that all of us feel like the world is on fire and no one is in charge trying to put it out. In fact, it appears that many of our leaders are throwing gasoline on the fire. We're already dealing with the death and destruction from the COVID shots, the failure to treat COVID early, the suppression of adequate treatment, the persecution of doctors, the failure of our courts, it's across all institutions. So I really think it's critical that we have Ed Hoagland's expertise and longstanding high-level government advisory roles over his career of four decades to bring us a broader perspective and better insights into what is going on. Why did this happen at this time? And why did Hamas stage a carefully executed and multifaceted attack on the Israeli town soldiers and civilians designed to instill terror in Israel and the world and executing non-combatants? What, what, is, what is the situation and what should we as Americans expect not only for Israel, what should we do? And how does this tie in with the hordes 
of military age males assembling on our border, as I said, living in Arizona, not far from the border, we know the reality of what's happening on the ground here, and it's happening in Texas and across New Mexico as well. So what are the implications for America? And what about all of these protests and the violence between Muslim supporters and Israeli supporters that are happening in U.S. cities. What does that portend for our future as well? So with us is Ed Hoagland to give us his perspective on all of this and bring some truth to the deception that we know is happening in the mainstream media. Ed, thank you for joining us again. And and I just welcome your decades of experience and insight to help inform our listeners about what what is really going on and what can we expect and what can we do as average citizens to help move the ball towards sanity and preparedness. Well, thank you, Dr. Lee, for having me back on. Uh, first, I'd like to say, uh, that my heart and prayers go out to the people of Israel for the uh, evil and the hell that they are living through right now. It is unfathomable in today's world that we see such a slaughter of innocents. The innocents who are participating in what was a peace concert, a concert that was being held to promote peace. And 260 of them were slaughtered, several hundred more, of course, wounded. So first of all, my prayers go out to the people of Israel, and we must stand by them. The, the um, president's response, I would say lack of response, we should highlight as it's completely atrocious. I guess he's going to go on TV sometime today and try to uh, alleviate some concerns and hopefully try to sound forceful. But in my opinion, I'll get into this a little later, maybe we can talk about it further, is he is complicit in this. His actions in terms of with Obama administration, supplying the Iranians with billions of dollars, leaving Afghanistan with the weaponry there, only exasperated and provided more of a green light for this to happen. He, he did not take up any of President Trump's efforts in the Middle East for peace. But yet, at the same time, we have to be aware that what's going on here is part of what I refer to as the global cognitive war. And, and the Hamas are, are using the variety of ways I've talked about in this cognitive war. For example, in cognitive war, the adversaries use ideology. In this case, they use tyranny, socialism and communism, but as we see the West Bank and the Gaza Strip managed in that way. They use religion, the radical Islam, and they use a variety of issues, including Palestinian rights. All those different ways are being used simultaneously in what is an application of the Chinese version of cognitive war, unrestricted warfare. Uh, because as just like the Chinese, the Hamas and true terrorists have no humanity, have no care. They're truly evil. And their sole intent 
is to drive terror, chaos, and confusion in order to subjugate and control. And so for Americans, a key aspect that we need to understand here, and, and my thoughts on this whole event within Israel and what's happened, is first is the abysmal failure of Israeli intelligence and U.S. intelligence in alerting people of what was going to happen here. And so if you don't mind me starting with that is, you know, why did we have such an abject failure from an intelligence oh. perspective before I go into what we can do about the border and implications for America? No, I think that's because critically important. I, I think that's critically important to start there. And I really appreciate it. I want to make one comment to what you just said. And what is hard for Americans to wrap our minds around is the fact that the goal is to subjugate and control and kill and prevent any other religion except Islam. That That is, it's stated everywhere. And the other thing that I think is hard for us to wrap our mind around, because we've grown up in a country where the military had rules of engagement and operated under an ethical code. And granted, they're episodically, they're bad apples. I, I get that. Yes. But in general, our military has been unique in the fact that there were rules of engagement, the Uniform Code of Military Justice, and there, there were things, lines we didn't cross. Now, if you look at the, the triangle of who is trying to subjugate the world right now, there are, there are three major points of that triangle. There's the Islamic Caliphate, there's the Communist Chinese Party, and there are the globalists who want to dominate the world through the World Health Organization, WEF, and all of the others. What's different that I don't think people are focusing on, and you can speak to this from your career because it ties into many things you, you will talk about. What I think is unique is that of all three of those points of the triangle, all three major groups trying to control all of us and subjugate us, enslave us, it's only the Islamists who win by martyring themselves. They want to die as a martyr in the cause of jihad because then their belief is they go to heaven and paradise. That is not the goal of the Chinese communists or the global elites. They want to win and live. And to me, that's a fundamental difference of what we're up against that makes it hard for us to understand that they can be such barbarians because that's their goal. Well, so let me, let me, uh, that's a great, great point there. So let me highlight a few things here before I go into why we fail so bad on the intelligence standpoint. What the reason I wrote the Cognitive War book is to help people understand is this is not radical Islam. I mean, this is radical Islam. Yes, it's radical Islam, but it's a way to obtain absolute power. Just as Chinese communists, it's a way to obtain power. They don't believe in communism. 
okay? And those radical Islamic folks who are going murdering innocents, they don't truly believe in Islam either, in my opinion. What they believe in is using that as a means to justify where there's communism, where there's socialism, where there's radical Islam, or other ways. They use those ways to justify their actions, to then impact the cognitive domain, the domain of the human mind, and convince people that this is a just cause or this is a worthy cause to do things. So why the radical Islamists will martyr themselves, it is one of the ways that's being used because at the same time, the Chinese communists who are in charge have no qualms about flooding cities and causing tens of thousands of deaths to save party leaders. They have no qualms about sending 100,000 Chinese down into South Korea to be slaughtered if it keeps them in power. They have no qualms about murdering half their population or harvesting organs from innocents if it serves them. Just as here in the United States, in the domestic cognitive war, the radical left has no qualms if thousands of people die in the summer of love. They have no qualms if people remain in poverty, as long as they can use that to create racial division and other things. So what people need to understand here is this is truly, truly on multifacets, the globalism, the radical Islams, communist China. This is the proverbial war of good versus evil. And those who are evil will use those varieties of ways and different means to achieve their ends. And as we've seen with Stalin and with Hitler, both far left socialist endeavors, okay, they started out with the pact together, but their thirst for power drove them to eventually compete and fight one another. Okay, and so what Americans need to understand here, okay, because we've been living in a bubble, what you see in Israel happening now is very likely to happen in the United States in the short-term period. It's not a matter of when, it's if. I mean, if, it's when it will happen. Because what our intelligence communities, including the Israelis, have failed to do in this case here was, I think, understand some of the obvious aspects here. For We've moved and our structures have moved and stayed in industrial age mindset in an indications and warning mindset. And with that, we become stuck in our titanium cylinders of excellence with a certain perspective. And in Israel, I think part of the problem was they had, just like here in the US, is their intelligence elements may have been politicized to some extent and distracted by the recent battles between the prime minister and their Supreme Court. You know, John Brennan was on NBC News. I worked under Brennan at the CIA, unfortunately, and tried to warn people about him. But he talked about the lack of human intelligent resources for Israel. But what the hell did he not say? U.S. lack of intelligence, human resources. 
both Israel and the United States failed to map the information environment and understand the fuller paradigm of what was occurring within and across the Gaza Strip, within Israel, within the West Bank, and within China, Russia, and Iran. All these players participated in this, in my opinion. And this will probably come out a little bit later here because Hamas could not have planned this without the support and understanding of the intelligence elements of Russia and China to help them understand how to deceive, hide, and plan these types of events or be armed, whether from Chinese armaments or other missiles. They got the missiles from someplace, whether it's Russia or China, they got it from someplace. So the failure to understand what was happening here, for example, there have been reporting that the Hamas had been practicing with these flying gliders for some time, that they had a mock-up city, mock-up uh, uh, establishment that overhead imagery and overhead intelligence sources should have picked up. But just like here in the United States in 9-11, we believe we're impervious, and after a while, people become complacent and the intelligence community elements are, are focused on the here and now and not thinking strategically. And so in that bubble of utopian bliss, thinking that because we have these large kinetic armies and we can do things, that we're impermeable, we're impenetrable. But Israel learned the hard way, and the U.S. will learn the hard way here unless we start to fix things. So that's the first aspect. Now. China, Russia, and Iran, in my opinion, have to have all participated in the support of this. The funding for Hamas came from someplace. And as you mentioned in your upfront monologue, the Obama administration and Biden administrations provided the Iranians with billions prior in arm and capabilities to arm things. The $6 billion is almost irrelevant in that because they've already had billions passed through. $6 billion was passed to supposedly a third-party element, I think it was Qatar, who's supposed to be unbiased and make sure this goes to humanitarian aid. But part of this cognitive war that people, I think, miss as they look at the, the trees rather than forests is Israel was working with Donald Trump and others to then create a broader peace process there in the Middle East. But who were the first two countries to come out and applaud and support Hamas? It was Saudi Arabia and Qatar. And this is right after Benjamin Netanyahu at the United Nations talked about the growing potential for peace within the region. So what I see here is the cognitive war in play, the deception of unrestricted warfare in play. The deception that these other countries actually seek peace with Israel, contrary, is quite the contrary. They are using deception as such to hide their true intent, to use subtleties and deception in the cognitive war to then subvert, subvert those institutions and government of Israel via a variety of different means to quell them, to quiet them, and then this peace process put them at an ease which they should have not been comfortable with. That's my opinion on there. 
That's a very, very interesting perspective. And, and actually I, I would agree with that as, as a physician with some background in understanding psychopathology and understanding the psychological use and impact of propaganda. So, and, you know, as a, as an aware American, my husband and I watched the events of the Middle East over many years, and we've seen this. We 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 saw the same patterns playing out over and over. The same forty years that you've been in your career in the intelligence community and as an advisor in government are the forty years I've been in medicine, but also the time that we were traveling a lot internationally and very aware of patterns of repetition, Hamas playing the game of pretending. I mean, I go back to Jimmy Carter and the Camp David Accords and all of this um, celebration of peace agreements that fall apart because for the reasons you just outlined, that wasn't their real agenda. Yeah. And and to that point, when we take a look at what's been going on for the last several decades in the Middle East, it's all part of this cognitive war. It's with the two-state solution. There was a potential yep. for two-state solution multiple times during the last several decades. The reality is it's a ruse, in my opinion. And for the freaking naive people in our government, and in Congress who continue to think that this is a viable solution here. If it really was, it would have been done by now. People forget in history, the Palestinians have been denied a homeland, not by Israel, but by their own Arab countries and their populations for centuries, centuries before Israel was founded post-World War II. That partly makes me apoplectic because people refuse to accept that, that it's the Arab countries suppressing them before Israel existed. Yes. And so much like here in the United States, you see race and reparations and other things used in the cognitive war to say, hey, we have to take care of things because we have to atone for slavery. Well, where the hell did slavery start? It started in Africa with blacks enslaving blacks and selling blacks. So what's my point here? The point here is in the two-state solution, using Palestine rights and Palestine state, just like using reparations and slavery in the United States, these are ways and means people are using to drive emotions to achieve the desired end in power. It has nothing to do with the actual facts on the ground, as we just discussed. If you want real reparations for slavery, go back and talk to the people in Africa who started the whole slave trade. If you want to fix the Middle East problem, talk to the Arab countries who for centuries before Israel denied Palestinians a homeland. And take a look in the United States, as you mentioned here. Let's take a look in the United States when we come back and, and consider what we see here in the United States. 
Back to you, Dr. Lee. I think that's absolutely critical that we do, which is why I wanted to have you join me and, and to have this discussion. Let's take a break here and then we'll come back and talk further about your perspectives on not only Israel, the implications for America, and what we as Americans need to do. This is Dr. Lee for America with the Whistleblower Report Intelligence Report today with Ed Hoagland. And we'll be right back after the break. Check out our website, www.truthforhealth.org. And also check out all of our Whistleblower Report archives at www.whistleblowerreports.org and our new Truth for Health store where we have nutraceuticals and high quality professionally designed formulas that will help improve your health and resilience, just as they've done for me in what I've been doing lately. So I wanted to share that with all of you and all the profits go to support our public charity, our legal defense grants that have helped a large number of our military service members defend their rights. And we are using all of our profits to carry out our work to educate the public and help teach you the tools for health and resilience. We'll be right back after the break. Hello, everyone. This is Lieutenant Mark Bashaw, U.S. Army and legal grant recipient of the Truth for Health Foundation. I want to give a huge shout out to the Truth for Health Foundation for helping me and my family over the past year with our legal battles. Recently, I was court-martialed for not participating with these experimental COVID-19 emergency use authorized products. If it wasn't for Truth for Health Foundation and all the support, I would definitely be in a worse spot. But because of all the support, I'm able to continue uniform service, fighting for what's right, to protect the Constitution against enemies, foreign and domestic. God bless each and every one of you, and God bless America. Welcome back to the second half of the Whistleblower Report. This is the Intelligence Report, continuing our discussion with Ed Hoagland about the perspective on what is happening in Israel, what's the bigger picture going on in the vast and longstanding cognitive war, the battle for control of your mind, and what do we need to know as Americans about the implications for us because I sincerely think, based on what's happening on our southern border, with the hordes of military-aged men amassing there and being equipped with all kinds of resources that we least expect, I think we're going to see a lot, of, a lot more violence escalate in the United States. And what can we do to be prepared and what can we do to help hold our officials accountable to get back to the rule of law. Ed, thank you for being with us. So let's go on with the further perspectives on the big picture with Israel and what's Israel to do, what's the U.S. to do, and what are some of the points you want our listeners to understand? Okay, great, great, Dr. Lee. So let's, let's pick up where we left off. And so here in the United States and different parts of the world, We've seen a number of pro-Hamas 
pro-Palestinian demonstrations taking place in New York, in Michigan, Minnesota, and at Harvard University. Now, what's important for your audience to understand here is if you go back in history and you remember during the Vietnam War, our soldiers were vilified for being baby killers. Now here you have several decades later on a group that purposely goes in, slaughters whole families and puts babies in cages as hostages, takes women, then rapes them and then murders them and then parades their naked bodies around. And you see demonstrations in support of that type of people. It, it shows you how effective this long-term cognitive war has been. Take a look at the squad in Congress. All supporters of Hamas and the Palestinians, in this case here, every one of them is calling for quick, quick and lower type retribution from Israel. But this has happened, as you mentioned before, it happens every cycle. Hamas comes in, slaughters a number of people. Oh, and then let's make peace so that Hamas can live again another day. This is atrocious. In Australia, they had the same thing. Demonstrations by people supporting Hamas and the Palestinians. A sole brave individual walked out with an Israeli flag. Now, who was arrested? It was a person with the Israeli flag was arrested. Why? Inciting violence. So this is how warped, this is how dystopian our societies have become in this cognitive war. When the Australian police allow demonstrations supporting mass murders and the slaughter of innocents, and they arrest a person carrying a flag for those who were slaughtered, asking for people to support Israel. I mean, how Orwellian and dystopian is that? It just, it just boggles my mind. And it does why... me too. I can't wrap my mind around why people cannot see the barbaric acts. And as you said, you're right. The few soldiers in Vietnam who did that were vilified. In fact, the entire military was vilified for the acts of a few bad apples. I remember it. I was appalled. I was shocked then. And now it it is just beyond me that we're, we have people celebrating these people. But it's the same dystopia, warped idea that we arrest a doctor who tries to warn people about the risk of the COVID shots instead yes. of arresting the CEO who's bragging about the fact that they didn't have any proper clinical trials and no manufacturing oversight. Yes, but this is why this is why Israel was caught off guard. This is why the U.S. has been continually caught off guard, why I call for in my book, The Cognitive War, a complete overhaul of our national security apparatus. Because we are stuck in an industrial age mindset where our adversaries have moved into the information age and they understand from decades prior the effectiveness of the false narratives, deception, and other aspects 
aspects being used in the cognitive domain, the domain human mind, to such an effective extent that they now have people supporting these slaughters of innocents in the streets. And when you take a look here in the United States and you see mass demonstrations to remove people's rights to bear, bear arms because they're talking about uh, guns kill, guns kill, and you see that slaughter in Las Vegas, and they use that to justify to take away people's guns, then you have to wonder what planet are we living on? Because it's 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 mind-boggling as how easily deceived and and brainwashed so many of these lemmies are. But what are we to do here? What are we to do here? Because as you mentioned, in the illegal population, we have over one million gotaways. What's the gotaways mean? Gotaways are those people that were never caught or identified fully because their cartels purposely helped them evade detection is over 30 years ago that I was down in the El Paso Intelligence Center, actually about, about 20 years ago, El Paso Intelligence Center. And at that time, talking to the director down there, we were shown a network of the network that cartels had through the United States to push their smuggling, the drugs, and narcotics and other stuff. That network has expanded tenfold since that time. You have a million gotaways that include Chinese age military, not men and women and children, Chinese age military, tens of thousands of them, 10,000 to 40,000 of them. You have known ISIS members who are now and then caught, several hundred of them that we know about who have then also disappeared into the United States. So if you think, if you think what happened in Israel can't think in here, it happened here in the United States, think again. Think about what is China and Iran and Russia trying to do here? The cognitive war is a multi-strategy, multi-faceted war. It's economics, it's social, it's political, it's military, it's irregular. And so what are they doing here? They've now started another front in the war while the Ukraine war goes on. They're causing the United States to spend more money, more money on ordnance, more money on supplies and military supplies all overseas. As we focus overseas, what's happening here at home? We have enclaves of people, and sorry to Michael Yan, folks who are Chinese age military, come here, then set up camps to do armament training, obtain weapons inside the United States, and set up enclaves. You already have the cartels who have this network and these types of things set up. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that if they wanted to cause extreme disruption to the United States, you don't need hundreds of thousands of people to do that. You need groups of 50 to 100 people or less, okay, in every one of our states. And consider what would happen if they started to go on a shooting rampage and spree. Every state in our union would be locked down. We'd have to probably go into martial law. And it wouldn't have to be the whole United States. It would only have to be certain regions to cause the chaos, confusion, and terror. And for people to start to have concerns. That's why when you have to look at this cognitive war, you have to look at actions like the New Mexican governor who suspended 
the second right amendments of citizens in her state, which the sheriffs then Democrats themselves refused to follow. There are hints about where this is all going. And I wrote about this a few months back in April about the American Armageddon. You can look at my blog for that. But in one scenario, I write, we can imagine where a group of insurgents have infiltrated our country to undertake specific attacks across US to disrupt our society. Given we now have 1.5 million legal gotaways, illegal gotaways, plus thousands of Chinese nationals, we must acknowledge they could have an army of over 30,000 insurgents in each of our 50 states. Because if you take a little 1.5 million divided, okay, and what's a 30,000 man army? It's, it's pretty damn hefty. Okay, and it's going to outdo any police force, anything else. Now, I'm not saying that's the size of the army they have, but even a mere 300 insurgents would suck up most of any state's law enforcement, emergency response resources to handle and address this, as we saw in Palestine, East Palestine, Ohio, with the derailment of train. This was not a slaughter of people. This is just a train derailment. And it caused a national confusion and chaos just to resolve that. Now, these people who've gotten away, aided by the cartels, who are working with China, who are pushing fentanyl in and have murdered 300,000 Americans in the last three years, 100,000 per year. So American people, you have to start to wake up. What's their line of defense? The line of defense are our governors, our sheriffs, and amping up in a significant way our state militias because the federal government will not save you if this type of activity happens. I'm not saying it will, but it more likely will at some point. And if we are not prepared, we are deceiving ourselves and fooling ourselves that we are again, once again, in our own bubble and protected bubble. And that bubble will burst. Now, why would China want to do this with Russia and Iran? Well, one, it would advance Iran's nuclear capabilities to do whatever they want. Two, with that type of chaos, the U.S. stock market would go into a plunge and we'd go into a financial crisis because we'd have to shut down everything because of martial law and such. Who would step in in that vacuum? China. And showing the effects of what they've done with this cognitive war by using asymmetrical, irregular warfare and other means, they could easily undo America's freedom and independence within a few days, within a few weeks. And this is why I've been so vocal and I appreciate you having me on your program. Because unless we wake up to the reality of this battle between good and evil and look at what's happened in Israel, okay, and understand that it can happen and very well happen here. Look at the summer of love. Look at 9-11. Look at the COVID, the China flu. One million Americans murdered. No accountability for China. China flying balloons over a country, no accountability for that. The Biden administration, Biden himself, the Manchurian president, aiding and abetting China, taking mining from China himself. This is purposeful, people. It's planned. It's an intent. The question is, at what level will they pull the trigger and at what point? 2024 is coming up and Biden is tanking in the, in the polls. Of course, everybody knows that. Even the Democrats don't want him there. But when people have a thirst for power, and when evil has a thirst, thirst for power, they will do whatever is necessary to maintain and sustain that power. 
that includes the slaughter of Americans or letting millions of Americans die. Because you Americans are collateral damage in this battle, just as the Chinese saw their citizens as collateral damage, just as the Islamic terrorists convince their people to be martyrs. That's the power of cognitive warfare. And that's why we need to wake up. Because if we don't, we're going to see what happened in Israel here on a scale which we will have our own American Armageddon soon enough. Dr. Lee? And what you describe is absolutely chilling, but I have been watching this too long myself, and I've, I've traveled too many places in the world myself, and I know that what you say is exactly right. And I'm watching the border situation. I've, I've written about the problems from a medical standpoint as a physician concerned about massive. I mean, I even wrote an editorial in more than 10 years ago about the fact that they were using human carriers as biological warfare across the Arizona border. Because by opening the border to those carrying all kinds of diseases that we had eradicated, we have a population who, who was not prepared for those diseases. It was part of why we had all the children dying in the ICUs in major cities in America in 2014 that was traced later to a Central American virus that came in with the flood of Central American people from that were Obama administration brought across the border knowingly, unscreened. And so we've already seen Americans dying as a result of the open borders and the infiltration and the cognitive war lie that these are people seeking a better life. No, they're not. The majority are coming here to harm Americans and destabilize us. They are agents of foreign governments, as you just outlined. And this is real. It is something that it would not take much to do exactly the kind of destabilization that you've just described. America, you need to listen to what Ed is saying and start looking at within your community because the action starts in your neighborhood in your community, with your local law enforcement. We have a show coming up on Friday where one president of the Fraternal Order of Police in one of the lodges in Akron, Ohio, stopped the tyranny by standing up to the COVID mandates because he would not enforce the city council unlawful actions to restrict people's freedom in many ways. You'll hear that on Friday this week. But we had one sheriff in New Mexico stand up against the governor's unlawful order to disarm her own citizens. America, you need to go and meet with your law enforcement, start building networks, and start working within your community. Ed is exactly right. Watching what happened in East Palestine, Ohio, 
devastating and still no help for those people any more than we've had help for the people of Maui. The local first responders are overwhelmed. And if we start seeing these groups of military age males that have been training, that are here, that have armament, it it is, you're absolutely right, Ed, it, it would go very quickly, I think. It'd be a disaster. And so, America, we need to take a more strategic perspective here. The two-state solution obviously isn't going to work. We understand the deception from Saudis, from Qatar, and from Iran, Russia, and China. So what do we do, though? So our U.S. government has been very myopic in its perspectives. One of the key things we need to do is move from a myopic near term to a true long-term strategic perspective. What do I mean by that? What does the United States want and see the future of the Middle East to be, not just for Israel, but the whole Middle East? What do we see and want the future to be for Asia, for Eurasia and Europe? Either we start defining our long-term strategy and desire for those regions, and start then planning and implementing specific actions to fulfill that vision. Or we will continue to defer to our adversaries like China, Russia, Iran, and Hamas, who then tell us and make their motions and take their actions to fulfill their objectives. Because all we're doing is reacting here. And that's why our layout and one of the key problems in our book is we need to move from a reactive to a proactive posture. And this is along many different fronts here. Because if we fail to take that strategic perspective, then all we are doing is reacting to our adversaries. And if you're reacting, you're in a losing proposition. And that's where we are now. If you're waiting and you're looking for indications of warning and reacting, you're only playing defense. It is time that we need to go on the full frontal attack and play offense against these different folks here. There's many weaknesses in these countries. They use the United States, they use Israelis and the Jews, they use a variety of different means and methods to create an enemy, whether it's white supremacists in the United States or whether it's the evil Jews in, in Palestine. Okay, the Saudi Arabia, same thing. The Iranians, death to America, okay? Every one of these has their enemies that created as part of this cognitive warfare to then drive things where they want. But every one of them, we looked at the Arab Spring in Iran. Now, twice people have risen up there, but nothing happened. Why? Because we had inept and compromised Presidents Obama and Biden in the White House who did nothing to help those people. What's our long-term strategy to facilitate and advance those people? In China, we saw millions of people finally break out and start riots across China because of the lockdowns by Xi. He had to acquiesce because he knew if he didn't, he'd lose control of his whole population. So what the hell are we doing to cause Iran, China, Saudi Arabia, Qatar, and others to react to us? Saudi Arabia was our friend, supposedly, under Trump and under previous administrations. They don't act that way anymore today, do they? They control the oil. They won't produce oil and other stuff like that. Okay. 
people need to either side with this for long-term freedom or not. If they don't, they're on the side of evil and they need to be replaced. But we have to think very carefully about this long-term and then how do we help others feel our pain or feel our gain to help them move where we want them strategically. We don't have that. Does anybody in America understand what our long-term game plan is for China, for Iran, for the Middle East? No, because there isn't one. This two-state solution is a, a pile of crap. And the two-state solution needs to be pushed out the window because evil only understands one thing, force and pushback by force. But we have to also understand part of that force has to be in the cognitive domain. We have to convince and use the human mind and convince the human mind and help people understand what's really going on here. Because if we don't, what you see in demonstrations in Harvard, in Michigan, in New York, and other places, demonstrations of people who just saw thousands of people slaughtered by these animals in the Middle East, these Hamas, and they're out there demonstrating in support of them. It shows you where American society can go so quickly, just as we saw under COVID, we gave up our rights so quickly for non-scientific facts. This is a game that we must not lose because if we do, we will lose not only our freedoms, the world will lose freedom for centuries because it will take centuries and millions of lives before we can gain it back. So Americans, it's time to wake up. Look at what's happening in Israel. We must help Israel and fight this. But when we must go on the offense in the cognitive warfare against multiple fronts, using a variety of ways and means, the kinetic wars are no longer the answer. We're being outmaneuvered daily by our adversaries, and we just saw that happen here again. Dr. Lee? Powerfully said, Ed, and I, I really can't add a thing to what you just said as a summary. America, I hope you will take time to read Ed Hoagland's book, The Cognitive War, Why We Are Losing and How We Can Win. We are really at the point of no return if we don't pay attention and heed the way in which the battle for our mind and the battle for our lives are joined. And we need to take charge of what we use to educate our mind, transform our mind, as Paul wrote in scripture, and take the steps to learn what you need to know to rebut the lies and deception. And that is what the Whistleblower Report aims to do. Each show, bring you the truth, hope and solutions against the lies and deception for such a time as this. Join our crusade. We are silent no more. Go to truthforhealth.org and sign up. Be part of the solution and join us as we strive to preserve God's gift of life, liberty, and our individual choices about our lives. Thank you for joining us today.